You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Tracy Conan on the line. Now, Tracy has been investigating fraud for more than 25 years, but she didn't always want to be a forensic accountant. With a dream of one day being a prison warden, hmm, Tracy went to Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to get a criminology degree. A class on financial crime investigations reminded her how much she loved Encyclopedia Brown books as a kid. I love to read too. She continued her criminology degree, but added accounting and economics courses so she could sit for the CPA exam. And here Tracy is finding money in cases of corporate fraud, high net worth divorce, and other financial shenanigans. So you know we are going to dive into that. So thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I love it when anyone lets me talk about what I love to do. Oh, yes. And you are the experts. I'll be asking you all types of questions. So with that being said, let's get into what forensic accounting is, because I think most people, including myself, have a slight idea, but really don't understand what that looks like. So what is a forensic accountant? It's financial investigations. It's fraud investigations. So I just say, I find money. I spend a lot of time looking at bank statements and credit card statements and trying to figure out where money was spent, how it was spent, where it ended up, what's not accounted for, and things like that. Super exciting to me. I know it's not exciting to everyone else to do all this detailed money work, but I love it because it's putting together a puzzle, solving a mystery about the money. Oh, yes. And before we hopped on, I was like, I was telling you, I love true crime. So of course, I was like, ooh, like American greed type stuff. And so with that being said, you work with corporations and people going through high net worth divorces. In cases of corporate fraud, like what kind of stuff are you looking at, looking for, if you don't mind us asking? (laughs) I'm looking at things, typically executives, upper level managers stealing money from companies, Mm. all sorts of different schemes from literally taking customer payments to stealing inventory to having side deals with suppliers where they're getting kickbacks, just finding creative ways to take money out of companies for themselves. So that's on the corporate side. What's interesting there is Sometimes I work for the companies who have been victims. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I work for the person who has been accused of stealing. And that might be in a criminal case because they've got charges now for embezzlement. Or it might be a civil case where the company is just trying to get their money back from them. And some people as CPAs don't like working on the defense side because they think there's something a little bit dirty about it. But I always say, listen, if you stole a million dollars, but you were being accused of stealing $3 million, I think you should get punished for the million, not the three. You deserve to have someone like me help you to prove what the real number is, what whatever that may be, because I don't care. I mean, stealing's wrong, but at the end of the day, I just want to know what the right number is. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so interesting. So just out of curiosity, because I'm sure I'm not the only person with this question right now, what is the highest amount in corporate fraud you have found to date? That's a really good question. I've been doing this for 25 years. I don't even know. It's in the millions for sure. But what's interesting is there's equally as many cases that I work where it's like a couple hundred thousand dollars, which by the way, is a lot of money. But in the scheme of business for some of these companies, it's not that much. Absolutely. So, so yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So 
let's switch gears a little bit because I want to go into this high net worth divorce thing. So that's another aspect that you also help people with. So when people are in relationships, which I think I've talked about on the podcast, but if not, there is financial infidelity, all types of things. And especially it goes way out of hand when people start going through the divorce process. So what As people, like just everyday people, what should we be looking for when it comes to seeing if someone is being financially not okay with us? (laughs) Right. So when people are in relationships or if they are now in the process of separating and divorcing, kind of doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. At any time, I always say to look for changes in behavior. So Sometimes specifically surrounding money. So maybe someone gets more controlling about the money or they won't let you see a bank statement or they won't let you have access to an account or they make you justify every time you spend money. Those are changes in behavior. If that wasn't your norm and all of a sudden they're being more difficult about the money, that's a problem. But also changes in behavior like being more secretive with their phone or being more secretive with their whereabouts, because those things, the first thing I think of is affairs, like that they might be involved in affairs, but they also could be involved in addictions like gambling or drugs. They might be hiding their phone because they're doing something inappropriate with the money and they don't want you to see the alerts that are coming on their phone saying your account is overdrawn or things like that. So there's all sorts of reasons that there could be these changes, but that is probably one of the most common things that I see in the divorce cases that I work on is someone says, Everything seemed fine, and then all of a sudden, her behavior started to change. Hey, it's Tiffany. Are you interested in starting a podcast? We can get up to two months of free podcasting service from Lipson with the code MONEYTALK. Get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify anywhere you want. Get critical stats to help you grow, find all the tools and support you need to sound your very best, and you can even do video. Really bring your podcast to life with Lipson. You can use code again, money talk to get two months of free podcasting service. This is what I use to get my podcast to your listening ears. Enjoy. Absolutely. And I want to add one more thing that I actually personally experienced, but like when they start trying to use cash all the time, because cash, yes. Oh, (laughs) honey. So one of the things I talk about in terms of cash is when you have a spouse or a partner who did not go to the ATM, did not withdraw cash, did not hold back cash from their paycheck that they were depositing, but all of a sudden they are. And you're seeing, okay, a $500 withdrawal two or three times a week when previously they never went to the ATM before. Huge problem. Now, if you ask them, why are you taking out all this money? They're probably going to say, oh, I'm putting in my gas tank. I'm putting, I'm eating out with it. I'm using it at the grocery store. But if you look at their credit card bill or their bank statement for their debit card, you see, Phillips at the gas station, eating out, grocery store. Wait a second. I thought that's what you're using the cash for. So what we find is the cash is either being set aside in a secret account and they're accumulating it, or that cash is being spent on what I call sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Affairs, addictions, gambling, God only knows. And I know with my situation, the excuse was, oh, I just like to have cash in my pocket. And I'm just like, mm. <laughs> I almost never use cash. I mean, I go to an ATM once 
every other month. You just can't bring me to use cash because I love using a debit card or a credit card. So I have a record of exactly what I've been spending on. It's so helpful for budgeting, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what was driving me crazy because that's how all of that came to a head is because I love to budget. And so I'm like, well, if you use your card, we can kind of track what's going on. We can make sure it's accounted for in the budget, blah, blah, blah. And then it'd be like, oh yeah, okay. And then next thing you know, it's more cash again. And so I'm just like, okay, if you want to use cash, just let me know what you use it on. And then it was like, oh, well, I don't remember. And I don't know. And yeah. <laughs> you remember. So, you right. remember exactly what it was for. It's crazy. All right. So with that being said, so we know what to look for. Now, if we do find that our spouse is being secretive or there might be something else going on, whatever, what are our next steps? What should we do? Well, let me just be clear. There are tons of red flags that you could see. So we've just like touched the tip of the iceberg with this change in behavior and things like that. But if you do have some suspicions and you have, I like to say, you kind of have something to back it up, right? You have actual behaviors. You don't just have, I think my guy is being dishonest and that's the end of the story. You don't have anything. If you got something to back it up and you're really, really concerned, I say start gathering information. So that means start downloading bank statements and credit card statements and tax returns. Start saving copies of all those things in a secure place that your partner doesn't have access to. Because your best friend, if you end up separating or getting divorced, your best friend is going to be information. And if mm. you have legal access to those documents now, get them, save them, protect them. Mm, that's really good because that is not something that you think about. Like when you're in the moment, right. it's not like, oh, let me go back and pull all these records just in case things get It sounds so easy once I say it. But prior to that, it was like probably not on most people's radar. Not at all. Not at all. And so as we collect all those documents and things like that, are there resources out there? And I'm kind of teeing this up. I'm kind of right. cheating. This but are there, <laughs> are there resources out there that can help people, just everyday people that are going through these types of situations? Well, of course, there is one big resource out there called the Divorce Money Guide. Thank you, Tiff, for setting it up. So as you already know, the Divorce Money Guide is my new product that just came out a couple months ago, and it is to help average people who are trying to sort out their money situation, potentially because they're in a divorce, because it's called the Divorce Money Guide. But if you are even in a situation where separation is possible, divorce is possible, and you need to know what is going on with the money, it walks you through the steps of how do you get your financial documents how do you organize them? What do you do with them once you have them? What can you look for in these documents? Even though you're not a forensic accountant, you're not going to be a forensic accountant. What can an average person look for in these documents to see if there's money missing or inappropriate spending? Oh my gosh. Like I'm like, I need to go ahead and download today. But yes, I'm sure that is super helpful, especially for people like once I went through my situation, I realized how common this type of stuff is. Even for instance, as soon as you separate, everything just kind of like all morals and stuff just go out the window for some people. And so that's in my experience where it gets even worse. If there was any financial infidelity or fraud or whatever, because now they're in 
preservation mode. And so they're really trying to hoard money and move stuff around and whatever the case may be. So I love that you have a resource out there available because I had never heard of such a resource. And I'm like, dang, where were you? Like, what? When did I get separated? December? Where were you? And I was going into my separation, but you're here now. So I can go it's ahead. It's never and too late. It's yeah. never too late. You didn't know that there was such a thing because there never has been before. So mm. what has typically happened in divorces is people have said to their divorce attorney, you know, I'm suspicious about what's been going on with the money and how my spouse spent it. And the divorce attorney says, you could get a forensic account and it's going to cost you ten dollars or $15,000 to have someone help you go through all this. And 90% of people in divorce can't afford that. They've already paid a lot for their divorce attorney, right? Mm -hmm. And so they were told, well, I'm sorry, if you can't hire a forensic accountant, there's not going to be anything we can do about this. Well, how fair is that? You've already been taken advantage of potentially. You have a right to know. And by the way, even if you don't think that your spouse has been taking advantage financially or doing something inappropriate, you still have a right to know what the money has been spent on. So I still mm -hmm. encourage you to go through it. So I came up with this concept. Um, back in February. And I said, why can't there be a resource for people? Why can't someone make a resource for people from the point of view of forensic accounting? So I made it. <laughs> awesome. And I am so grateful for that because I'm sure it will change a lot of lives and a lot of different trajectories. So if people were interested in finding out more about you or this guide, where could they find you? They could find me and find the guide at divorcemoneyguide.com. And if they want to get $100 off the Divorce Money Guide, they could use a special code. What would we like the code to be? Should it be TIFF? Money Talk. <laughs> money Talk. Okay. Money Talk in all capital letters. We'll make the code and they can get $100 off. That is awesome. Yes, we love money off on this podcast. Y'all, if you didn't catch all of that, I will have all that information in the show notes. So divorcemoneyguide.com and there will be a code named Money Talk for you to get $100 off the program. So thank you so much, Tracy, for being so generous. That's awesome. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was great fun talking to you. And I hope we get to talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>